Welcome to Emerging Tech Mastery, a show that demystifies cutting-edge technology like cryptocurrency, the blockchain, metaverse, NFTs, virtual reality, the maker movement, artificial intelligence, machine learning, cloud, edge, and even fog computing. Strap in as we ride into the fourth industrial revolution. Emerging Tech Mastery provides actionable knowledge, regardless of skill level, from experts in the trenches. We piece together this intel in easy-to-consume media formats, processes, and procedures. See you in the future. On this episode, another solo episode, we're going to be talking about six reasons why we should use tech for good. Now, originally, I actually started this episode talking about how to use tech for good, which I decided will actually be second episode that came out of the process of creating this episode. And I think that'll be a good second part because we can talk about the what in this one and then the how in that one. But why this episode in particular why do we need to use technology for good? It may seem obvious to some people, but from my perspective, I have become increasingly frustrated with the use of technology for bad. And when I say bad, I mean excessive commercialization, abuse, manipulation. We've all seen what has happened with, you know, our data being sold off to marketers like the quote goes if you are not paying for a product then you are the product and i think that's very true it's not super palatable to pay for things with so many high quality applications being available for free but it's actually not free and not to get too much on a high horse soapbox although clearly this is a pontification episode and i appreciate you sticking with me for that episode and many of the others i've done in this same manner nothing wrong with commercialization of course right but when it's used in a manipulative manner and one of the first internet marketers i ever encountered named rich Sheffrin did an episode where he was discussing ai and i was totally expecting oh i'm gonna get some elevated business and marketing perspective which he certainly has but His perspective really shocked me, and what he brought up was the use of our data to sell us things in a manipulative manner, and here's kind of what he said. He said, I don't mind being matched with products or services that I like, which I definitely agree with, but what he said was he does not like the idea that the AI, the algorithm, whatever we want to call it, would know that Rich might be weak in some area like he can't resist chocolate or there's some other type of potential addiction and i totally know where he's coming from it's like if there's an exploitative angle to the use of tech i think that's definitely not copacetic that's certainly not ethical moral even if it is legal right and i think that's where we kind of want to draw the line a little bit here because just because things are legal doesn't mean they're necessarily ethical or moral. And maybe sometimes it goes the other way where something is illegal, but it might be ethical or moral. And that's a whole can of worms we won't get into. So let's get into our six reasons to use tech for good. Reason number one, because we can. And I don't mean to sound like a cop-out answer, but I want to get into that a little bit more. 
The talk that actually inspired this episode was called How to Make Learning as Addictive as Social Media by Luis Von Ahn, who is the CEO of Duolingo, an incredible speaker and really seems like a nice guy, friendly guy from Guatemala originally. And in this TED Talk, he basically said that their goal at Duolingo is to take all the best practices from things like we've seen with social media and a lot of these, you know, big social networks that have been somewhat found to be crossing or coming up against lines, ethical, moral, possibly legal lines as far as how they are treating us as users and their ability to make us do things. So I thought this was such a wonderful idea to take that whole playbook of some might call it exploitative or manipulative, but let's just call it effective, right? Regardless of the implications philosophically. And that really got me thinking, you know, we have a great opportunity here to do some great things with this tech. Certainly there's the opportunity for abuse and things not being used in the proper manner, but I think there's just as much, if not more so, of an opportunity to use it in a better manner. So that first reason is because we can and perhaps because we know better. Okay, reason number two, we are hitting a critical mass in industries. You have things like ag tech, envirotech, health tech, med tech, and many other techs. But those types of technology industries and combinations or even crossovers of industry are really aimed at solving problems to scale. So a lot of these are aimed at positive social goods because they aim to improve things for people, whether that's life expectancy, overall health, well-being, and happiness. So for that second one, because we are at a critical mass of positive social good. All right, reason number four, you can't eat tech, but perhaps tech can heal and feed us to scale. So you have things like I talked about in the ag tech episode where there's some efficient ways to grow indoors, vertical gardening. There's even been things like rooftop gardening, other countertop devices to help people grow or process their materials and produce. And that's a really powerful thing because if we use technology to feed ourselves, well, now it doesn't feel like such a dystopian construct where the tech is sort of just this matrix-like, mechanical, noir, cyberpunk, dark sort of reality, right? Which is, I think, certainly how it is depicted in a lot of art and media. And to be able to go beyond that over focus on the tech itself, but actually the end result and use of the tech might actually be much more practical. You can't eat tech, but perhaps tech can heal and feed us to scale. Number four, you must have larger than life positive intentions and philosophies. So if tech can do our bidding, then that means it could do great for the world or it could do bad for the world. So I think for us to bring these positive philosophies and intentions. And frankly, if you look at the original and initial OGs, early thinkers, we're talking guys that are wearing suits and those nerdy looking glasses in like the 50s or 40s. A lot of those people were also saying very philosophical things like about how we are learning more about ourselves as we work on these machines. So I think there's a real opportunity there to activate some really interesting philosophies, almost perhaps seemingly activist-like philosophies. But I think that 
is actually the exact kind of person that needs to get at the controls of technology because they can really drive change in a much bigger way rather than us being passive and letting the tech sort of algorithmically take over our lives thanks to lots of incentives from commercialization, right? So number four, having positive intentions and philosophies leads to a better outcome with tech. Okay, number five, we need to make solutions to real problems, not solutions looking for problems. Almost like we need more ag tech, less crypto tech for crypto's sake. The thing that I really loved about ag tech was you could really feel the tech touching the real world in a really significant and positive manner. Whereas when I look at something like cryptocurrency, you have a lot of the opposite. You sort of have that early web, perhaps kind of sketchy where people are being taken advantage of. People are, were taking advantage of like the early web and search engines and hack their way to the top. And I feel like there's a very similar thing happening with a lot of crypto markets, for example. Not to single out crypto, but everyone hates crypto, right? So it's the cool thing to do. But I think the whole idea here is let's really get clear. And this goes to the last point I made about philosophy. Let's get really clear on what problems we're trying to solve and apply that higher level philosophy, perhaps almost a seemingly hippie-like or libertarian or anarchist or sort of like radical so-called philosophy. But those are the people that are actually pushing the needle in the world, especially when they pick up these types of technologies. And I can't help, I can't thank those people enough for making it happen because I feel like there's a little bit of a philosophical transformation when you look at the story of people that you know, created like Linux or created GNU or created the Electronic Frontier Foundation or PGP. There's a lot of really interesting philosophies behind the people that did those things. And I almost like to really take those social philosophies as a bigger cue than even their so-called tech and coding work and outcomes and just work they've done, right? Okay, last but not least, number six of reasons why we should use tech for good is we have the metrics. Now, this might sound like a funny angle, but you have things like ESG, the Environmental Social Governance Reporting, and, and that metric. We have the Social Progress Index. We have the Happy Planet Index. We have the Human Development Index. And we have the Better Life Index. So those are, again, indexes aimed at measuring human happiness and well-being and so-called success, I suppose. So it's just a way to bring together really metrics and outcomes that are often used in corporations pretty blindly to the effect of, well, how is this affecting people beyond you know the bottom line or whatever the sort of point of corporations are as far as them serving their shareholders is. And I also wanted to mention socially responsible investing or SRI, impact investing and opportunity zones, which is a really fascinating move by the government in taking downtrodden or undeveloped areas such as inner cities or just raw land in various states that doesn't have much going on and creating a tax incentive for investors. So there might be a decade or two or three or more for investors to get into a certain area. 
and there's some tax deferred status. So say their investment rises, there's a way for them to somewhat bypass capital gains, again, all legal. But I think that creates an incentive, which is a super powerful force in the world, since people want to make money and commercialization is a thing and a powerful engine. It really allows this new way of doing things to happen. Now combine that with all those indexes and metrics I mentioned, and we actually have a really powerful way to help align management, stakeholders, and the effects of these organizations on humans and the environment. So that's actually pretty optimistic if you think about it. We have the people who have done the thinking. We have people who have done the analysis. We certainly have the technology itself as well as things on a technical level that can do the thing. But do we have the philosophy? Do we have the management? Do we have the metrics? Do we have the care to go and do these things? So again, hope you don't mind. Uh, went a little philosophical on this episode to really take us into not just the what, right? Like it's so easy to say, what's this piece of tech? What's that piece of tech? How does it work? But to also say why. So I think that was the point of this episode. I appreciate you listening and be on the lookout for, like I said, part two or spinoff or second episode that I came up with during making this episode, which would be how to use tech for good. Thanks again, and I will see you in the future.